0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com We have a very special class today, and uh, we're discussing a very very interesting topic, which is called Olam Haba, Olam Haba, the afterlife, and it's based on the Gemara. The Gemara in Brachot, Daf Yud Zayin, page seventeen a in Brachot says an amazing thing, how Olam Haba, the next world, in there's no eating there's no drinking so what are you doing the righteous sit and their crowns are on the head and they have pleasure from the glory of God's presence the Shekhinah, God's presence so this is obviously we can't even understand this because there's no obviously sitting and no standing. So what is it what the Gemara says Is city? What do you mean they're sitting? So you have to understand it's not easy. What are the crowns on a person's head? What does it mean <laughs> a crown on a person's head? There's nothing physical in the next world, there's nothing physical. So how can you have a crown? So we have to understand. So let's try and understand in a very general way. It is important. Because this world is just a corridor. It's a corridor to the next world. This whole world, imagine, it's hard to imagine. This whole universe is just a corridor. It's hard to imagine, right? It's very hard to imagine. It looks very physical. It looks very strong. It looks very uh, lasting. I mean, it's probably lasting billions of years, right? And yet, the rabbis say, this world is just a corridor. Corridor." Corridor. Wow. Hard to imagine. Feels pretty solid to me. (laughs) And the answer is, it's a corridor for us. It's not a corridor for the rest of the world. It's just a corridor for us. What do you mean a corridor for us? We need to pass through this world to get to the next dimension. Mm-hmm. They're just passing through. People don't really realize. We're just passing through. People don't realize it. When a person gets older, I remember my mother. My mother. Oh, she had four. Sholema. My mother, she got to the age of 85, and I said, Ma, you need new, new pats and pans. She said, what for? <laughs> Why am I going to take them? <laughs> <laughs> she had the right attitude she realized this world is just a corridor she's in an old age home she doesn't need pots and pans everything is done for her but suppose we we've got to think where am I going to take all this we know Pharaoh the Pharaohs are great what do they do they built pyramids and what do they put in the pyramids all there, everything everything their belongings and what happened to their pyramids the grave robbers came and stole everything they had and who are the biggest grave robbers in history? The British and the French. You know, you got a museum over there in England, you've got 20 pharaohs over there. I mean, they even stole their bodies. Imagine. Hard to imagine, right? Forget the gold and the silver, of course they took. We don't know where that is. That's gone. That's been taken and used. But, so a person says, you know, what will I. Do? This is just a corridor. This person says, you know, let's invest in this, invest in this, invest in this, invest in this. Who's it for? It's okay. A person needs to live. We all need to live we have to realize this world pretty careful, tells us is just a corridor but it's important, why? because what we do in this corridor gives us the entrance ticket to the next world this is the entrance hall to the next world what we do in this world is the entrance ticket we need that ticket to get it we need a ticket to get it and sometimes a person does good things and they get in, A person sometimes we do bad things and they say sorry, you, you, you come to the wrong place we have to go the other place yeah, we don't want to go to the other place. <laughs> we want to go here. We don't go any other places. We it. So we have to understand this world we're preparing. This world, the Gemara says, is like Erev Shabbat. It's like Erev Shabbat. If you prepare on Erev Shabbat, you'll have food to eat on Shabbat. If you don't prepare on Erev Shabbat, you, have you won't have food. This last, yesterday's parashah, right? The man. man. The man fell every day except Shabbat. If you prepare on Friday, you get double portion. Eat on Shabbat. Yeah. You don't prepare. This world is a world of preparation. People are going to think today is Erev Shabbat. It's amazing. It really is Erev Shabbat because we're really on the edge of the Mashiach coming. really on the edge. This world is a corridor. This world is like Erev Shabbat. It's just the lobby. Imagine you go to a wedding. You get into the lobby. <coughs> there's lots of mirrors, and a man would straighten his tie. Look at the mirror. <laughs> a woman is straightening her hair. And no. <laughs> That's the lobby. That's where we fix ourselves to go into the main entrance. And that's where we're going. We're going to the big hall. So that's the rabbi say, Pirkei Avot. It's pir-kei avot. It's basic Judaism. Uh-huh. This is not advanced Judaism. It's, basic Judaism. it's pir-kei, avot. pirkei Avot. Everyone knows Pirkei Avot. Little kids know Pirkei avot. So we have to make sure, can you imagine? We have to go and make sure in this world that everything is in, in order. Everything is in order. Our spiritual lives are in order. It's very, very important. That we have shalom bite in our houses. We don't fight with our husbands and spouses. And we get along with our children. and We get along with the community people around us. We don't fight with everyone. We get along with nice people, man to man. Right? Ben Adam, the That's half of the Ten Commandments. Half of the Ten Commandments are between man and their fellow man. There's only one exception. What's the exception of the Ten Commandments? Five out of ten Ten Commandments are between man and man. Why? It says don't... Kill. Kill. Kill, Don't steal, steal! Don't steal! Don't, don't covet your neighbor's covet, wife. Don't no, no adultery. Why? Don't be false. No witness, and don't covet. The five laws between man and man. But the fourth commandment is Shabbat. The fifth commandment what is, is? What? Honor, your honor your parents. Hey, is that man and man, or is man and God? <clears throat> is that man and man, or man and God? That's man and man. It seems. So why is it in the first five? It should be in the last five. Man and man is the last five. The first five are man and God. The last five are man and man. man. So what's honoring parents got to do with it? Why is that man and God? Yeah. And the answer is because if you can't man honor and your parents, parents. In the, in the yes. God, if true. you can't honor your physical parents, you how can, can you honor the spiritual true. parents? So it's very important. The parents are the, the connection between man and man, and man and God. Parents are the connection between man and God, and man and man. So it's very important to honor one's parents. So we are in this lobby, this world is just a lobby. Now, it's interesting because it's very dangerous. The person says, you know, if this is the world before the next world, maybe I didn't do enough. Maybe I didn't do enough good. Maybe I didn't do enough mitzvot. Maybe, yeah. what am I going to do? So number one is we have the ability to do Teshuvah Teshuva is, just one second. The person does teshuva, he person does teshuva in his mind, because bidui and you're clean it's amazing, it's a, a tremendous gift and if it's teshuva from love, you can even change the demerits into merits a person can change their demerits into merits so a person should not get depressed that's very important because we're ready now, can back. imagine, a person goes into the you're in the lobby of the, of the uh, social social hall ready for the wedding, but you forgot it happened to me once, I wore the wrong tie I mean, I wore my daily tie instead of my wedding it's embarrassing <laughs> it's very embarrassing so the person says, "You know, this world is like a lo- it's like the lobby before the the wedding, but I'm not ready. I, did, I brought the wrong clothes. Oh God, I got the wrong clothes on." So that's what it means when a person is not ready to enter the ulama. Imagine getting to the next world, and a person says, "Sorry, the angels check you out. Hey, your clothes are dirty. Your clothes are this." <laughs> the rabbis say the clothes are talking about. There's a spiritual garment around the soul, which is called clothes. <laughs> And that's what the Gemara says, Your clothes should always be white, clean. What does that mean? The spiritual clothes of a person around the person's soul should always be spiritually clean. That's the clothes we're going to wear we go to the next world. So a person, how does a person get a clothes? And the answer is every mitzvah you do is another portion of the clothes. Every mitzvah a person does. We're creating a suit of clothes for ourselves, a spiritual suit of clothes. So we have to check our clothes, our spiritual clothes. And can imagine the reception in the next world, if a person's clothes are dirty, missing, you can imagine if a person comes with ripped clothes in the middle of the neck? That's spiritually ripped clothes. A person speaks Lashon It's so hard to get away from Lashon HaRa. Lashon HaRa is probably the worst thing a person can do. Lashon HaRa. Don't speak Lashon HaRa. Don't talk about people. It's so hard. Uh, <coughs> you have to talk. That's part of the social framework of this world. We talk about people. In the next world, the embarrassment is forever. So in this world, you can sneak out of the wedding, go home and change and come back. And usually there's enough time. These weddings last for ages, so no one will ever know. You go, sneak out, you come back, probably just finish the smorgasbord board and you're in time for the wedding. Uh, but the next world doesn't work like that. You can't sneak out. You're stuck. That's the way you are. That's the way you are. That's it. You can't do teshuva in the next world. It's terrible. It's agony. It's, that's torture. That's the torture. So yet yeah, a person should not get depressed. Our motto is bajem. We say this every, every Shabbat. It's in the, in the prayers of Shabbat. It's one of those The righteous should praise Hashem. The righteous should praise Hashem. In the lobby of the banquet hall they're already serving hors d'oeuvres. In this world already Hashem is serving light refreshments. What does that mean? That means every good thing that we have in this world is refreshments. To prepare us for the next world. What does that mean? On Shabbat, there's a beautiful kiddush. You should think, on Shabbat, this is my refreshments before I go into the next world. Because there's spiritual refreshments, right? A lot of people don't eat a third meal, but they should. Because that's the refreshments to the next world. The fourth meal, forget about. That's the hardest. The one after Shabbat. Oh boy, it's another meal after. Oh, that's a hard one. But there's refreshments to the next world. <laughs> And light refreshments. We get plenty of refreshments. So a person gets some reward in this world. That's the person going to view the rewards we get in this world as refreshments, hors d'oeuvres. God is serving us before we get to the next world. Amazing. We're getting hors d'oeuvres. Suppose so he has a nice house, nice kitchen, nice bathroom, nice this, nice that. Thank you, Hashem. These are just my hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> These are hors d'oeuvres. Because the next world is the main the main feast. Yes. That's the main feast. The Quran says in Brachot, in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple. When they concluded a bracha, they wouldn't say, Amen. They would say something very long. Baruch ata Hashem min haolam v'ad haolam. Blessed you, Hashem, from this world oh, to, the, to next the next world. world. Min haolam v'ad haolam. So it's a beautiful idea, that Hashem is not just the God in this world, He's God in the next world as well. Rashi explains, the bracha is a clue for our function in this world. Accustom oneself to saying blessings in this world. So that we should be able to say blessings to God in the next world. If you praise God in this world, you'll have the ability to praise God in the next world. It's a very amazing concept. It's like it's drilled into our souls. Our souls know how to praise God. If our souls know how to praise God in this world, we can continue praising God in the next world. It's a beautiful idea. So a person should be happy in this world to thank you, Hashem. And this is just the smallest board. I don't like boards. You know why I don't like boards? It defeats the whole purpose of a wedding. Because the mitzvah of the wedding is after the wedding, not before the wedding. There's no mitzvah to eat before a wedding. People go there and they stuff themselves on a board, And then the real meal, that's the mitzvah to eat. And people are too full. They run away. In the middle of the week they're running away. So it's, very, it's a big irony. It's a big irony. It's very ironic. When I make a wedding, there's no board. You come, the chuppah's on time. You come to the chuppah. Yeah, so and after the chuppah is the, <laughs> is the wedding, <laughs> is, the, is the party, and the party shouldn't be too long. It shouldn't drag out. You know why? Because people have already gone home in the middle of the party. It's unfortunate because it comes so late. Right. And people want to get up the next morning and they can't get up. They can't wake up. So they, they leave in the middle of the chuppah before the Sheva Brachot. When do you do the pictures? Pictures before <laughs> everything. Okay. But you know, there's different opinions. So some opinions say the Chatan can't see the kalah for okay. a week. That's opinion. So then, you, when you're going to do pictures, you can't see each other before the wedding. So I do pictures. So, so we do. We see each other before the wedding. No problem. Some say just one day. Okay. That's not so bad. But the pictures shouldn't interfere with the mitzvah. That's the thing. The picture shouldn't interfere with the mitzvah. So Rashi says in the came back to the Beit Midrash in the Beit Midrash in the temple, they wouldn't say Amen. They would say Baruch Atah Hashem, Blessed you Hashem from this world. So the next world, I So this way, it's, it's ground into person's head. There's going to be a next world. I believe a next world, and we have to accustom ourselves to bless God in this world, so that in the next world we'll also bless God. So a person should be very happy in this world when he yes. gets some things, and that's why we say the bracha Thank you, Hashem. Every time a person gets something new, say this bracha with joy. Person should say this bracha with joy, and view it as you got the smorgasbord you got the preparations before the big party. The big party is the next world. This world, we get a little bit of a taste. I'm Rabbi Rabbi says, Rabbi is amazing. What a great rabbi, man. He says he's one of the few rabbis that go into Gan Eden by fooling the Malacham very strange. He jumped over the wall, whatever that means. I don't know. He got into, he's one of the few rabbis that go into Gan Eden alive. <laughs> Don't ask me how. He tricked the angel of death and he got into an angel. Amazing. I don't know how to do that. Wish I knew how to do that. <laughs> but if I knew, I'd tell you. <laughs> he didn't tell anyone. But the Gemara talks tells the story. Anyway, Rabbi Yerushua but levi says, Whoever sings songs of praise in this world, is worthy to say songs of praise to God in the next world. So that's a very big trick. And that's what we say in the Ashrei Ashre Praise to those who sit in your house. Hallelu They will praise you in the future. Odd. Further, they will praise you. That's all about the next world. So you praise God in this world. You praise God in the next world as well. Uh, the midrash says in Kohelet. Lo Barao Whatever God created in this world, in his world, he didn't create it except for those who, his, his children, those who fear him. He created whatever he did in this world for those who fear God. So what is fear of God? Imagine, Hashem created him. The truth is, if you look at the sky, which we don't look enough, we can't see the sky at night. Last night actually was a very good night, it was clear. The first time he saw the moon for... Uh, Two week, two weeks. Night, yes. we we're looking for a bracha. I couldn't say the bracha for two weeks. So it was a beautiful night. There really was a clear. Night. That's why it was so cold. It's clear, no clouds, very clear. But even then, I couldn't see stars. You know why? Because the lights in the town. You right. can't see stars. You have to go out of out of town to see stars. It's ironic. You have to go into a forest somewhere that are far away. Go up to uh, go up the go up the the, the highway to Canada, <laughs> and over there, the forest over there, and you see the stars, and you go, wow. Happened to me once. I was on my way to Canada, and we got off a rest stop, but it was already so late that all the lights were off. Uh-huh. And we, I'm the, I opened the car door on one side, got out one side. My wife got out the other side. We both got out. We say, "Wow! <laughs> see the sky! Wow! I've never seen so many stars in my life. So I say, wow, that's wow!" <clears throat> then you see God's glory. Then you see what King David praises God for, because mm-hmm. he was a shepherd. He's out in the sky in the middle of the night he says, wow, this is amazing. see all this, the tapestry of stars. Amazing, amazing, beautiful view of stars. We don't see it. That's the trouble today. We are so detached from nature. Mm-hmm. We're in our little boxes, little cubicles in our little rooms with these artificial lights, which cannot match. Beautiful sky. If you've been to, what's it called? Uh, the stars. Come on, let's go. Where they show the stars? Uh, I know Aqu- What's it called? Know. Huh? What? Planetarium. planetarium. Been to a planetarium? If you haven't been, go. There's a very good planetarium in Trenton. People don't know about it. I took the kids there once. It's amazing. It's amazing. You see this Milky Way, the closest, the closest uh, system to us, the Milky Way. Amazing. Mm-hmm. The closest star is four light years away. You Know what that means? That means four years ago, that's where it was. Right. Then you got stars thousands of light years away, which means you don't, they're not even there anymore. You're, you're looking back into the past. When you look at the sky, you're, you're got to have imagination. Because you're looking at stars which are not there anymore. They're, they're that's where they were four years ago. That's the closest one. Then you have 100 years ago, and then you have 200 years ago, 300 years ago. You have stars. Amazing. And the new stars we can't even see. Because they're new creations that we can't even see where they are. Because the light takes so long to get to us. It's not even there yet. Imagine. We have to have a good mind. It's amazing. That's how a person gets fear of Hashem. How do you get all of Hashem? We can't see it today. We're lost. We're a lost generation because of all these electric lights. You have to get out. You have to camp. Go camping and see on a clear night. say, wow, Hashem, you're amazing. Put all the lights on for me. Thank you so much. So first, it's important to have, number one, is to know there is a God. Nothing starts. The person doesn't know there's a God. We have to know, not just, Rambam says, not just to believe there's a God, we have to know there is a God. What difference does it make? The difference is, you don't believe there's a table here. You know there's a table here. It's solid right in front of you. It's not, I don't believe there's a table. And you know what? Does it really exist? If you could see this table, you know it's just a a group of atoms. And 90% of an animal is empty. Atom is an empty space. People don't really realize. So, most of this table is... It's a vi- it's a vision, really. It looks like a solid table, but really, it's ninety percent empty space. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. It's like a human being, right? How much of a human being is water? Seventy percent. No. Any ideas? Any advanced on seventy? I don't know. It's around seventy, eighty, whatever it is. So most of us. Most of us uh, are, can you imagine. We look pretty solid, right? <coughs> it's all water. Water. <laughs> water, liquid. It's all liquid. It's a. Can you imagine? Hashem created. A, and you know how complex the body is. I I was my last series of classes on WhatsApp and you can subscribe if you want it's about the human body it's amazing the more I learn about it the more it's just so amazing because the body is made up of cells mm-hmm. and the cells different kinds of cells and cells have electricity imagine because the brain sends messages to the organs and the muscles through electric signals miracle. There's electric signals. Where's the wires in the body? Do you see wires in the body? No. The body is full of wiring, but it's not really wiring. It's cells. The cells conduct electricity. imagine? Amazing. Millivolts. In millivolts, tiny little amounts of, imagine, before, look, I'm moving my hand. It's, how do you move your hand? There's a thing called the cerebellum at the back of the neck. Amazing. Where the men wear tefillin. It's so maybe the knot of the tefillin is over there. And that cerebellum is part of the brain that guides motion. Motion and balance. It's very, very important. So, That's very so that gives you not just motion, it gives you motion, not just imagine. You see the old pictures of, who is it, Pinocchio. <laughs> you see how he moves his hand. We can move our hands in a very smooth way. That's because our brains are so advanced. The computer in the brain is so advanced that you can move things around without barely even thinking. It's like a reflex. You just The brain just moves things around. I don't have to pay attention to my hands moving. I can just I don't know, it's like a background thought. It's amazing, amazing. So these are things that a person has going to be aware of. There's a God in the world. There's a God who's a master creator. It's amazing. The person says, you know, the answer is evolution. Evolution doesn't make sense. You know why? Because where does it start from? You know, everything starts with something. Where does it start from? Where does evolution start from? And then to figure out all the different systems in the person and say which system came first. How did it evolve? It can't. It's impossible. Let me give an example. A poisonous snake. Uh-huh. Let's talk about poisonous snake. So, poisonous snake number one has poison. Why do you have poison? What well, made the poison come? Why do you have poison? Cause, okay, because it has many enemies. Okay, so uh, evolving poison. Okay, let's say the viper. Number two is you need a poison delivery system. You need a syringe. What is the syringe of the snake? It's teeth, huh? it's teeth. It's teeth. It's teeth. It's fangs. And then you need also, what else do you need? The antibody of the poison. Otherwise the snake will die. So which came first? Did the fangs come first? Did the, you know, what came first? The poison came first? The antibody came first? There's such a thing as electric eel. Amazing amount of electricity. Can you imagine? 1,500 volts. It fry us. Can you imagine? Fry. 1,500 volts in electric eel. What, and it's in water imagine right. what came first the batteries you know that's where Tesla got its ideas <laughs> the batteries the coating around the insulation oh, that's amazing I don't know how can anyone say it's evolution crazy see the alligators oh god do you know alligators hatch from eggs mm-hmm. when I saw a picture of alligator eggs hatching I said god it had nightmares <laughs> see an egg and you know what's coming out of the egg little alligators, alligators. oh god <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you live in Florida and you have little eggs in your backyard you say, Wow, what nice cute eggs <laughs> And then you see little alligators coming out Oh gosh for your life Yeah Oh gosh, amazing don't scary don't stuff This is scary stuff it's Hashem made the world it's amazing Everything's designed to the last thing amazing So that's how we know Hashem, but Hashem is there. You have to personally gotta be aware Hashem is there. Whatever you see in the world, you gotta see Hashem is there. Hashem I, he's pointing there's a beautiful uh, line in the discovery seminar. Have you ever been to discovery seminar? Torah has discovery seminar. Amazing. And look what they say. Man is walking down the the, the, the highway in the far in, in, no, in a in a in a desert. You're walking down the desert, and you see a group of rocks, and they spell out the word hello. Hello. Ah, evolution. Impossible. <laughs> no, oh my chance. He walks further down. He's Hello, I'm talking to you, the rocks. (laughs) Evolution. He's going further down. Why are you ignoring me? Imagine the rocks fell like that. Evolution. So that's, Hashem is telling us all the time. Here, I'm here. Look at all the wonders around you. I'm here, right here. And the person says, evolution. Imagine. It's like Paro, right? Moshe goes to Paro. He says, "I have a message to you from God." He says, "Who is God that I should listen to Him? Who is God? I don't know God." So Hashem says, "I'll teach you a little bit about Me. I can turn water into blood. I can cause the water to emit frogs. I can cause the lice. I can cause all different things. I'm the I'm the God." Until Paro says, "Okay, I I believe in you now. I believe that you're there." So we have to feel Hashem's presence, and that's one of the psukim. David Admor says, "Da lefne mi ata omed." No. In front of who you are standing. You know, it says, when a person prays the Amidah, we're standing before God. you got to realize, who is God? God is all-powerful. He's all-powerful. That's why we pray. If we pray to someone who doesn't have any power, waste of time. We pray to the all-powerful, Hashem. And that's what Yerachimai. Yerachimai means. We have to know who we're standing in front of. We have to know who's around us. So, some Jews are pious, but they have no Yerachimai. So one person was listening to the rabbi. He's talking about Yerach Hashem. He said, you know, let's not waste time. Let's pray instead of listening to this. (laughs) So some people have, they're they're pious, but they know Yerach They don't really appreciate what it means to stand in front of God. And we don't know what our prayers are all about. So number one is you have to know who we're praying to. That's number one. What's the overall purpose of prayer? And the overall purpose of prayer is to make us aware of God. In other words, three times a day we have appointments with God. Imagine making a point with the most powerful person in the whole universe, the most powerful being in the whole universe, and we're lucky we can just walk in, pray to God, and go back. And you know, the truth is, you can pray to God anytime, anywhere, any place. of person can be praying, and we should be praying. We should acknowledge Hashem. So, Yirat Shemaim is first of all to be aware of Hashem. Everything in this world has one overall pr- purpose, and that is to make us aware of Hashem. Suppose we got to be aware of Hashem. You know, people take things to granted. You know, you cut your finger, what do you do? Supposing I don't put a plaster, what will happen? What will happen if I don't put a plaster? I'm trying to get an infection. Yeah, what happens if I don't do anything? You know what happens? It'll coagulate by itself. The blood coagulates. Right. It's a miracle. People don't realize it's a miracle. The blood is circulating around my body. I can't even tell you how long it takes to get around. We talked about it last week. But all of a sudden, when it's bleeding, the blood coagulates by itself. You don't have to do anything. It's better if you press it with compression, but it, it will coagulate by itself. You won't bleed to death. Believe me, you won't bleed to death. Unless your person has uh, something wrong with their blood, the blood will coagulate. But it's when, it's, yes. when it's in my veins, it's not coagulating. Baruch Hashem, thank God! Or this person will get a blood clot. So it's only when it's exposed to the air. Starts quite an amazing miracle. Amazing miracle. People don't realize that. Not only does it crack it, that what happens next? The skin starts healing. It's a miracle. Imagine making a car that heals itself. <laughs> <laughs> you have a fender bend, and all of a sudden, the, f- the fenders start growing down. back. Amazing miracle. We can't replicate these things. It says for the skin to reattach itself, it's more complicated engineering than building a skyscraper. We don't really realize. We don't see the fibers coming out from each other. It's a miracle. Miraculous. You see the surgeons, they just cut people up. And you know what happens? They glue them together again. And you know what happens? The, brain, the, the body heals. It's a miracle. They take it for granted. These are miracles that are staring us in the face. So Rambam says, how does a person get to love God? And how does a person get to fear God? And the Rambam says, I want to, I'll read you this Rambam. This Rambam is in chapter 2 the laws of the foundations of the Torah so what does this fear God mean ok coming so there's the Rambam Rambam says what we're talking about is awe oh. what's awe oh? awe oh, it's wow <laughs> great this <is> awesome <clears throat> you know what awesome is it's a very famous American word awesome Everything's awesome <laughs> it's awesome it's awesome you go to the planetarium it's awesome you see these sights awesome stars constellations milky ways wow awesome and the colors Pink and red and yellow and the different colours of stars. Amazing. Awesome. We can't see with the naked eye, you don't see this thing. You have to go somewhere, you have to go. So this is what Rambam says. The awesome God he calls awesome God. It's a mitzvah to love him and to have an awe of him. As it says, love the Lord your God. It's in the Shema. It also says you will have fear of the Lord your God, which is awe. How do you get this, love? How do you get this awe? So look what it says. When you see God's creations, amazing creations. If you go to Niagara Falls, you go to the Grand Canyon. Oh, what awesome. And you'll see God's design capabilities. The truth is you don't have to go anywhere, you just look at your body. We don't know about it, we take our bodies for granted. Learn some medicine and you'll see how complicated, You need how many specialties there are. 18 at least specialties. You get a heart doctor, lung doctor, there's a blood doctor, uh, the, 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 the liver doctor, and then you have a kidney doctor, and you have a stomach a GI, and this and that. They go, drive you crazy. There's so many systems in the body going on at the same time, and the brain is control- The brain is amazing as well. It controls itself. You can imagine the heart gets an electric signal to pump. Without the electric signal, you don't pump. You know, there's two. Ty- we talked about yesterday, last week, right? The two kinds of heart doctors. There's the what are the two kinds of heart doctors? Electricians, <laughs> and Roto-Rooter. <laughs> <laughs> there's two kinds of heart doctors. Basically, is the they look after the blockages. That's the Roto-Rooter, and the heart is not pumping properly. The timing is off. Electrical. So two kinds. You're electrician, or which kind are you? you to ask the heart doctor. Which kind are you? Are you the uh roda Roto- or the electrical? <laughs> they say neither. I'm the chemist. <laughs> I give the pills that control everything. Okay. So there you see God's wisdom. Amazing. Everything works. We take it for granted. Our bodies work like clockwork. And when they don't work like clockwork, we say, Hey, what happened to me? Hashem, where are you? Where's my body? What happened to me? Why didn't you look after me? Well Hashem says, listen, you said you broke up properly, I'll look after you. So that's the wisdom of God. It's amazing. out straight away. Look at Ramak says. As soon as you realize it's God. And you see God's wisdom, you love Him. And you praise Him. And you want desire to know who He is. That's how Abraham Avedo got to God. The trouble is, people stop and they say, you know what, I don't really want to know Him, I'm scared. I don't want to know God. It's a kind of fear factor that a person doesn't get close to God, otherwise, it's awesome. God is awesome. But Abraham wasn't scared. I said, God, I want to know you, I want to know you. you imagine every day in your life saying, I want to see the creator of this world I want to get to know the creator of this world and Hashem eventually revealed himself to Abraham Moshe Rabbeinu, same thing, 80 years old on Har Sinai, what's he doing over there he's looking after his sheep, what's he doing really he's looking after his sheep but he's meditating about Hashem all the time, thinking about God or thinking about why are the Jews still in Egypt what happened to the Jewish people, why are they suffering so much God, where are you, what are you doing Hashem said, I'll appear to you, I'll talk to you since you care so much you're going to be the deliverer of Israel imagine because you care so much about them, you're going to be my helper. That's amazing. So a person who cares, a person who's trying to reach out, trying to have a conversation with God, God says, I'll talk to you. David HaMelech, look at what David HaMelech says. This, you can't replicate these words. Who can talk like this? David HaMelech says, I'm thirsty for the God of the living, the living God. I'm thirsty for you, Hashem. I thirst, that's what I want. I just want to know you, who are you. I'm thirsty for your knowledge. Amazing. So, what say? Just like a deer goes panting for water. My heart, my soul is panting for you, God. I can say, you know, who could say these things? I desire God like the, the deer. Look at analogy. The deer needs water, panting for the water. And I desire you, Hashem, just like that. That's amazing. So, that's King David. Who can match these people? And when a person thinks these things, straight away a person should be in awe. Look what he says, nirtah le'acharab, you should move backwards. Wow, creator of the world, you're amazing. You're awesome, Hashem, you're awesome. You know, today it's amazing, because the people who should really be the most religious are the least religious. The people who should really believe in God are the biggest atheists. You know what I'm talking about? Biologists. (laughs) Because the biologists see the wonders of creation so close, it's staring them in the face. They don't realize it. We have a member of our shul who's a biologist, you know, Dr. Edery. Okay. Amazing. I think he's one of the few religious biologists in the world, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he's here in Rutgers. I mean, he can't say certain things because they'll think he's nuts. <laughs> you talk about God, you're a biologist. I think, who are you? Like, you're on the fringes. You don't really belong here. Go away. So it's interesting, out of all the different smartest people in the world, the ones who should know the most about God are the biologists, and they're the least religious. Amazing. Biggest atheists. Why? Because they see the biology of humans and the biology of rats, and they say the same thing. It's the same thing. And they don't see the soul. You don't see the difference. The soul is the difference. So People can't see the soul. You have to realize, human beings have souls. Mm-hmm. So straight away, Ramal says, you see the wonders of the creation the position to get on. The great designer. And who am I? I'm just a small little creature... That stands here just for a short time in history, and we watch creation. We see, Wow, Hashem, you're amazing. Who am I? I'm just a, piece of a speck. Who am I? In your great plan, I'm just this little speck of dust compared to the universe. Amazing. So that's what he said. That's what David Amech asked. When I see the wonders of creation, the work of your fingers. My said, why, What is the importance of man, that you even remember man? Who are we? We're like little ants walking around. And then a person can understand how the greatness of God. And then a person will understand, if God cares about me, God really must be loving me. If God cares about such an insignificant part of the universe, he must really love us. If he loves me, I've got to love him as well. So that is the Rambam, beautiful Rambam over here. Uh, this is in the foundations of the Torah. A person succeed in everything all his life and lived a very long life. All his pleasures, the rabbis say, all the pleasures of this world are not equal one second of pleasure in the next world. A person had all the pleasures of life. I don't know. How many steaks can you eat in one lifetime? <laughs> I don't really like steak. I'm saying a say, person say love steak. Person likes ice cream, that's more my language. Chocolate. <laughs> chocolate cake. <laughs> so a person says, you know, I like chocolate cake all the chocolate cakes in your life not even happy for one second in the next world the pleasure of the next world is so great all the pleasure of this world not even like one second in the next world so a person who gets pleasure from eating and drinking will get a shock (coughs) why? because there's no eating and no drinking in the next world person says you know my pleasure in this life is only eating and drinking you know what? no eating and drinking in the next world so where's my pleasure Ah, you're into the wrong kind of pleasure, my friend. That kind of pleasure doesn't exist in the next world. If you're into bodily pleasure, there is no body pleasure in the next world. There's no golf, right? There's no swimming. I don't know. What do people do when they retire? Golf, swimming, cards. There's no pleasure. Huh? There's no. There's no cards in the next world, believe it or not. There's no. All the pleasures a person thinks are pleasurable in this world don't exist in the next world. <coughs> Do you know what it's going to be like in the next world? It's going to be like what we're doing right now. Spiritual pleasure. Learning Torah, spiritual pleasure. Knowledge of God, that's spiritual pleasure. So a person says, you know, I'm not into that. God, I, I, I'm not into this pleasure. You, you invented this pleasure. Not, I'm not into this. So you know what? You have to have a taste for it before you come in. Because if you don't have a taste for it when you come in, you're going to get very depressed. Is it like a this afternoon? It's very hard to, to compare it to anything, but you're right, it's like a Shabbat, whatever that means. It's spiritual, you're not doing anything. Rabbi Miller says, what is the most pleasurable experience and what is the worst experience of one's life? He said, the worst experience of your life is the rabbi is talking and the clock stopped. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> and the best experience of your life is when the rabbi is talking and the clock stopped. In other words... It's all how you view it. If you view spirituality as a pleasure, you come to shul early and you say through it and you're enjoying it. Yesterday we had a couple who came with their young children. And they were so moved afterwards. They were so touched. They just, wow, this is amazing. we have never experienced this before. The harmony and the sitting together, praying together. They've never experienced it before. They were so touched. They promised they're going to come back next week. Let's see. <laughs> let's see if they come back this week, but they have to. You know why? They, the son has a bar mitzvah, so they have to come. But let's see. <laughs> anyway, let's see. So it's interesting, but there's pleasure here. Yes. So that's a pleasure a person's going to be into that spiritual pleasure. We like the Shabbat candles. You know, I never lit, loved Shabbat candles in my life because my wife always liked Shabbat candles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, men don't have to like Shabbat candles. My wife likes Shabbat candles, but she's in Israel. So what I do is I light Shabbat candles. I said, "Wow, this is an amazing pleasure mm-hmm. to see the spirituality. You feel the spirituality of the candles." My wife's away. She's in Israel, not right now. But I had to cook for Shabbat. I said, "Wow, this is spiritual. I'm cooking for Shabbat. I'm making spiritual food. This is not. This is something the women get. I didn't get. I'm jealous. Or blessing your children on Shabbos. I would think that that blessing your children. You got to feel like a pipe. You know what that means? We're transferring blessing from God through our fingers, and you feel it. So if you really pay attention, you'll feel it going through your fingers. That's the Kohenim also feel it. They feel the energies shooting through their fingers. Amazing. So a person's got to feel these things which are physical things but they're spiritual things because you're making something spiritual. You're actually physically creating something. When you cook for Shabbat you're physically creating something spiritual. It's spiritual food. It's not physical food. It's amazing. And it's very important to think like that. When a person eats on Shabbat it's like I'm, getting, I'm making it spiritual food. This is not physical food. So a person who just has pleasure from the eating part of it will get a shock. There's no eating and drinking in the next world. But if your pleasure is not the eating and drinking your pleasure is the mitzvah part of it that pleasure is there in the next world. That's the pleasure of a person will feel in the next world. That's the pleasure of a person who lives in Israel. Because every step in Israel is like a spiritual mitzvah. Every step in the Holy Land and eating the food of a Holy Land. You can't, you can't feel it. You can't, you can't. There's no comparison. No comparison. So that's the next world. That's the, that's the feeling of the next world. So what is the fun in the next world? The fun is. Sadikim <laughs> yoshvim, the righteous sit. And the crowns are on the head and they enjoy the splendor of the Shekhinah, of God's presence. Mm -hmm. The pleasure in in the spiritual world is totally spiritual. It's a spiritual pleasure of enjoying the splendor of Hashem's presence. Whatever that means, that means if you enjoy sitting in shul because you feel spiritual and you feel close to God then you're going to enjoy the next world. But if you don't feel it Then you don't feel it, you're gonna feel the next world either. This is the world to prepare ourselves, this is the world to come to prepare for the feast. That's the world we are trying to prepare to this spiritual energy that we're gonna get. It's amazing because when you feel spiritual energy, there's no substitute in the world, there's no substitute for that in the world. So that's the pleasure we have to try and get to, and it's an acquired taste. You know, my father, he went on a diet. You know, my father would go into different uh, fads and hobbies and things. So one of his diets was was a terrible, disgusting diet. I thought it was a disgusting diet, Brussels sprouts. (laughs) You remember that? When you boil Brussels sprouts, it makes a stink in the whole house. I want to tell you, it's a stink. He boils the Brussels sprouts. Stink. Every day he came home from work. Takes out a whole bag of Brussels sprouts, <laughs> put them in the pot, and, and it's stinking the whole house. And then he would eat them one by one, like as if they were tasty lollipops. <laughs> and they would, I don't know. It's an acquired taste. i am just giving an example of quiet taste. You have to acquire a taste. You know, when I was a kid, I wouldn't eat the crust of the bread. I didn't like crust. Right? Yeah. The kids liked the insides, yeah, right? yeah, like the insides. And my father would love the crust. I said, like it's crazy. What is it? Yeah, yeah. said, Daddy. Says, why do you like cross? And he said, One day, son, you're gonna like the cross more than the rest. <laughs> and today, it's true. I mean, so it's all a quiet. T- it's a very quiet taste. So that's what a person's trying to do. A person's can try to uh, try a, to acquire a taste for spirituality. In this world, we have got to try and acquire a taste of the Spirit. I like lighting Shabbat candles. I feel the spirituality. I like praying. Why? Because I feel the connection now to God. That, those are things that we have to work on just to acquire the taste of spirituality. Otherwise, we will not enjoy the next world. For example, Rabbi Yisrael Salata, the great Musa Rabbi. There's no one greater than him. When a person hears beautiful music, you really can get into ecstasy. You have a good chazan. Wow. It, the prayers come alive. The music comes alive. That's Because one of the things that the heart gets, the, the soul gets, is music. The soul gets music, and the soul gets smell. Interesting. The smell can affect the soul, and the music affects the soul. So good music can really raise a person up. And uh, so that's... That's an amazing concept. Music is what is music? It's esotericism. It's not something you can touch. It's not something you can feel. Maybe you can feel vibrations, but the music is something that elevates your soul. Good music can make a prophes- person into prophecy. Find Elisha to so Bring me the musicians. And mm-hmm. uh, he prophesied. Shaula Merak, he falls in with the musicians. He becomes a prophet. So in the next world, the Sadiqim get a sensation of the greatest happiness. And that's something which we have to find pleasure in this world. And that is the crown on the heads. What is the crown on the heads? What is the crown on a person's head? So Rambam says an amazing thing. He says, when they think of all the things they achieve spiritually in this world, <clears throat> all the hours of Torah study, all the hours of prayer, whatever, all the mitzvot they did by visiting the sick and, and uh, making marriages work and helping people have shalom in their house, those things are the crowns on a person's head. You have to realize, these mitzvot we do are one day going to be the crowns on our heads, and the memory that we fought the Yitzhara and we won. That's the crown of a person's head. That's a crown head. So he gives it like a parable of a headphone. So Rambam says this is d'at haniknit. It's some kind of knowledge that we accept of which we discovered of God in this world. Person who who fathoms God in this world. That's the knowledge you can take with you in the next world. So if you go to the United Nations. And everyone, all the heads of state are giving speeches. They're all different languages. What they give you, they give you headphones. Mm-hmm. Headphones. And instant translation. That's amazing. Without that instant translation, it's like torture. You're sitting over there, the guy's jabbing away, and you have no idea what he's saying. they are like torture. He <laughs> said so the same thing in the next world. Without this crown, everything is gibberish. That crown of the heads gives us the instant translation to be able to understand what's going on in the next world. The trouble is we have to create that crown in this world the crown is to get that desire for spirituality and we appreciate that we'll be able to take with us the next world and this way we can fathom what's going on in the next world. Okay, we're going to stop here and we'll continue with Ezra Hashem next week. Thank you, Rabbi. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com